Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband Aaron joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. And we had just shoved everything on the rug, big and little things, to where everything was now big. And we knew that we needed some help. We needed somebody to help us navigate this. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Craig and Lori Castle. So let's fast forward a little bit in your love story and in your marriage. Um, and another big mountain that you guys climbed together, Lori, was when your mom went through her battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. And you became a caregiver for your yes. mother. So tell us about that and tell us how it changed or formed or brought a new season into your marriage. Sure. I can give you the, the wife, a daughter, caregiver point of view. It's a completely different point of view as a husband, father watching you know, me go through that and loving my mom as much as he did, as he does. So my mom had several bouts of thyroid cancer and, and her children, my two sisters and my brother and I raised by a nurse. So like if we couldn't, if we couldn't butterfly stitch it, then we would finally wake up my mom. <laughs> mom was a nurse and she worked at night and she's like, listen, unless the house is on fire or an, uh, an arm is dangling, do not wake me up. So we learned to fix stuff. So anyway, we would, my mom, um, the last bout of cancer was uh, had metastasized and it was stage four. And um, we had done several rounds of different treatments with her and um, came to the point where there was no other solutions. It was time to be on hospice. And so we had the, we had an apartment ministry and that job ended the week my mom went on hospice. And we, Craig and I prayed and we're like, we just felt like the Lord was telling us I've closed this door so that you could, you know, go take care of your mom. So we moved to where mom and dad were and I cared for her um, every day, Monday through Friday. My dad had the evenings, my sister had the weekends and it was all consuming. I mean, it was the best time. The seven months I had with her was, was the best seven months that it could have been, but it was the most exhausting. I wasn't a wife to Craig in the standard definition. Um, there was no make out time. There was no, you know, there was no intimacy, really. There was very little intimacy during that season. Um, I wasn't, a, I wasn't full time in my parenting either. Um, Craig and the boys, they took care of everything, everything for the house, the laundry, the food. Um, they took care of me because I was taking care of my mom and it was emotional exhausting and I, I didn't have anything to give and the resources that I had I needed to you know go to bed as soon as I could because I needed to wake up as soon as I could to go take care of my mom so it was really like survival Craig and the boys rallied not one of them said what about me this isn't fair this is too great a burden none of it Craig wasn't like I'm mistreated or I'm neglected or 
you know, this is not what I bargained for or what I signed up for. The Craig and the boys, they rallied. And so at that point, he was giving 150%. Yeah, I wouldn't say 100. You know, it was, you it was closer to 95, 95.5. <laughs> but, you know, that was just one of those seasons. You know, it's not something that you plan for or hope for or want to go through. It's like praying for patience. Mm. You know, the benefit, but you don't want to go through the one it's going to take to get it. You know, it's uh, one of the things when we got married, uh, we, you know, neither one of us had a really good uh, example of what uh, good parenting or good marriages should look like in the homes that we grew up in. And, um, but the one thing about her family is they all get together. They have a lot of fun. You know, everybody shares the same stories and everybody's laughing about the same stuff every year, but it's the shared stories and, and it's fun. And my family's not like that. Uh, it's very stressful for holidays, and and we don't get together. <laughs> so um, I was pretty close with her mom. You know, she loved me, you know. First one to marry one of her kids, and I took the granddaughter, too. Although that was kind of a mix, too. She wasn't real thrilled with that either. But, but she really she adored me, and I loved her, too. And so when, you know, when cancer came back and... It metastasized, had gotten in the bone, and then the you know came down that there, this isn't going to be curable. You, you got the fun part of the family, but then there's also you know family takes care of each other, and that was just what we did. And so it was tough, um, so tough. You hear about families going through you know a parent that's in hospice or a parent that's you know gradually fading away due to some kind of illness or some sort. You know, and our hearts go out to them because we we know what that's like. And seven months really isn't that bad compared to some. But it was hard, and it was a season, and she didn't have a whole lot to give at that time. And uh, that's, but it wasn't permanent either. You know, you just, you just keep in mind that it's, you know, this is just a season that's not going to last forever. And then, you know, after the funeral and, and the family's healing and everything like that, we're able to kind of put things back together again and and get the family going again and you're going to have times like that in life and having the, the comfort that we've got each other's back during those even it, it's important. We got to be able to count on each other. And so, I mean, it sounds like during that season, Lori, you stepped up and did exactly what the Lord called you to do. And you feel like you were, you know, you did exactly what you did to do. And, and Craig it did also on, on the home front at home, he did also. So then as you stepped out of that season, do you feel like you you've had to get to know each other again? Was there a new, a newness in the marriage or, or, maybe a loss in the marriage, even though you both did exactly what needed to be done at that time. Was there then a season of getting to know one another again or finding your new normal again? I'd say there definitely was. Um, there, there was some loss there because mm-hmm. you, you can't stay separated like that for that amount of time without there being you know, some, some level of disconnect. So uh, there, was, there was a season that we had to, uh, had to kind of switch things back together. And, um, and then uh, over time, you know, we have some other issues come up to be addressed. And it's not been too terribly long ago that uh, we went to marriage counseling because we had some things we didn't even know had built up that needed to be dealt with. And I, Looking back, I don't know how we could have done anything different. I think we, we did everything 
you know, that I mean, we were God honoring and family honoring and marriage honoring the whole time. But one of the things I, I do know is that he was already carrying such a load. So I didn't want to burden him with anything else. And I think was vice versa. I mean, because when you're under that much stress, little things become big things. <laughs> but we were already facing a big thing. So, I'm, you know, I just, we stopped communicating about the little things, which eventually, after mom passed, when we recovered, um, you know, as not recovered, but we, as we were processing through that grief, it just became easier to not talk yeah. about little and big things. And then our middle son enlisted in the Navy. We moved in with dad to help help dad settle. And then our middle son enlisted in the Navy. And then we moved here, to, you know, back back to, to Benbrook where, where we had originally, where we'd spent so many years. And um, it, it felt like we were treading water at that point. And we just kept getting a wave. We'd like get up from a wave and another wave would come. And so new normals were hard to find. The new normal was, uh, for me, was feeling disconnected. That was, that was the result of years of not talking, of not talking, <laughs> not not talking about the important things. Right. Because I just, you know, when you have a few moments, you do, at the end of the day, you don't, I don't want to fight. Mm. So I would just wouldn't say what happened was the silence ended up building up. And creating, as Craig uh, mentioned, creating something that eventually we couldn't ignore anymore. And we had just shoved everything under the rug, big and little things, to where everything was now big. And we knew that we needed some help. We needed somebody to help us navigate this. Because when we married, we told each other a few things. We made each other a few promises. One was we would never when angry with each other, we would never drive angry. The second promise was we would never um, tell the other person to sleep on the couch because that was his bed and my bed, you know, so nobody got the couch. And the third thing was God put us together. And so God's going to keep us together. So that's divorce is not an option. So when we faced the silence had built between us, we knew we needed somebody to help us navigate. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, let's just go ahead and put that out there. Like counseling and marriage counseling is not a bad word. Most of us need it at least once in our life, (laughs) right? It's a good thing when you recognize that there is a broken piece or a huge gap in your marriage, it is wonderful to go and ask for help because your marriage is worth it. It is. Speaking as a guy, Guys don't like to admit that things are broken and they can't fix them. Yeah. It typically, uh, I was more reluctant to go do counseling than she was. She was ready to go a long time before I was because really, and probably speaking, guys are fixers. Don't like to admit that you've got a problem that you can't tackle in some way, shape or form. So, and, and it's humbling, you know, and that's another thing guys don't like either. <laughs> But I did ask Craig, I because I was mad. This was after we'd finished our counseling and we had we had graduated. <laughs> and, and something came up and I was like, Oh yeah, and I'm mad that I had to be the one to have us go to counseling. I, why why didn't you as head of our house, as leader of you know of our marriage, why didn't you do that? And he said to me, he said, 
he was men are fixers. And he said, I couldn't figure out how to fix this. It was been so long trying to fix it and trying to fix it. He said, I just, I couldn't figure out what to do next. So it's not that I didn't want to go. I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the next step was. And that's where, that's where the wife comes in. And, and so when it wasn't pretty, when we decided to go to counseling, it wasn't a sweet little conversation. (laughs) No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But even in that, that not sweet conversation, we are telling each other emphatically, I choose you. Doggone it. I choose you. And we don't have a nexus strategy. And so God put us together and he's going to keep us together. You know, come death to us part. Like one of us (laughs) has got to leave this relationship because God's taken us out. I mean, that's the only way. And so even in times of frustration with each other, we still champion each other. I'm not the enemy. I'm not the enemy, right. (laughs) This problem, this problem is not you or me. I mean, it's something we need to fix together. This is not your fault. It's not my fault. Let's fix it. Good. Yeah. That's good. We're sometimes real sweet and sometimes real spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little spicy there. So do you have any concrete suggestions for couples when they are going through one of those really trying seasons where life just forces you to not easily have a date or have intimacy or have quiet time together on a regular basis. And that's okay because that's the season. But is there anything that you have figured out or that you look back? I think after, like for us specifically, after her mom passed and uh, we had the funeral and I think we probably should have gone to counseling then just to make sure that we were okay. Just um, to process through all of the things that you had experienced. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay to admit that you need help. It's not easy, but it is okay. And it is. And we view counseling as checkups. Like we go to our doctor every year for a checkup. We just view counseling as a checkup. <laughs> and he's worth the investment. Mm. Investment. Our children are worth the investment. But as far as date nights and stuff, one of the things I think in our weariness and in our t- just being so tired, we lost track of texting each other and leaving little notes for each other. Um, we've become very creative with staying how how to stay connected and um, being silly together again. I mean, when you're a parent. And when you have a lot of responsibility, you kind of, kind of forget how to be silly. And you kind of forget that he was my boyfriend before he was my husband. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things that when we first started counseling, we decided to do together was find recipes and cook together. And sometimes that meant we just cook quietly. But just to have him next to me, you know, did something productive together and it made a beautiful meal. And then it ended up nourishing, not just our bodies, but our, our souls. And so finding, finding a commonality, whether it's taking a walk or cooking or just finding something. And even, even if you, one wants to do it more than the other, it's worth me, you know, giving to say, okay, that's more important to you than it is to me, but you're more important to me. Mm. So I choose you. I choose you. Yeah. One of the things we've recently come up with is uh, Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. 
And um, once once you don't have young kids that can't make their own breakfast, what we've started doing is our Saturday mornings, we don't plan anything on Saturday mornings. Um, that is our morning to, I'll get up and, and make some coffee, we'll grind, make nice coffee, you know, grind the beans and use French press and, and we'll sit in the bed with no TV on, no phones, and just talk. It sounds weird and it's awkward at first. It takes a little bit of getting used to if you haven't had an opportunity to actually sit down and talk with your spouse, you know, with no interruptions for a while, but it is so worth it and has been so good for us. Yeah, I would say having a 19-year-old with a very busy <laughs> schedule is almost the same thing as having small children. <laughs> You never know when he's going to come home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I love your Saturday morning idea. And to encourage couples that do still have kiddos at home, because, you know, Aaron and I still have five of them at home. But Saturday mornings, we look forward to, and we'll actually do a big breakfast as a family. But then we kick the kids out of the kitchen and we stay at the table, just the two of us with our coffee and talk until we feel like we don't have anything else to talk about. And the kids know now to just leave us alone and let us have our time to catch up and talk. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And I would, I would say for when you have young kids, um, make date night a priority. You know, even if date night is going to, you know, Chick-fil-A, it doesn't, you know, or sharing a Sunday or, and then make time, you know, to go away somewhere, at least for a weekend. I mean, Groupon is a girl's best friend. You know, I can get a good deal in a hotel with Groupon. So, you know, making sure because when the kids move out, it's going to be you and your spouse again. And your marriage is worth investing in. Your marriage is going to outlast your parenting. So it's investing in. And keeping a healthy marriage is good for your kids too, even when they're adults. Mm, Absolutely. And how exciting for you guys to kind of have this new, fresh marriage and have these new ideas and you're about to be quote unquote empty nesters for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ever. 26 years we've always had kids, but you know, leading up to it this last year, you know, verbalized to me how excited he is that we're going to be empty nesters. And I have been offended by that on several occasions because girls are raised to be mamas and be wives and nurture. And so the, the anxiety came from, well, what will my definition be? I mean, if I'm not a full-time mom, then who am I? And so verbalizing that to Craig removed the ability for, for the enemy to kind of play in my head, that thought bigger than what it needed to be. And it also gave him insight into how I was processing. Like there's a letting go that has to happen. As I am reaching my husband and reaching for the excitement of the future for just he and I, I have to let go of a definition that I've held on for so long. And so there is a a letting go process. And so just verbalizing that and telling you sometimes our conversations aren't sweet and, and soft. Sometimes they're loud and emphatic, but, you know, just to be able to get those thoughts out of my head. What a great perspective, too. I mean, I've, I've talked to friends who have trouble choosing their spouse over the kids because they put everything they are into being a mom. And so to now think about the kids growing up and becoming empty nesters and, and not being offended 
by the idea of just being husband and wife. I mean, we're always going to be parents, but they just don't need us the same. And so that's a great perspective, Lori. Yep. And from my perspective, I've been so used to playing the long game. You know, when I was a kid, all I could think about was moving out. All I wanted, I didn't have a plan for what I wanted to do. I just wanted to move out. And I had to wait until I grew up and could move out. And I did. (laughs) And so we've always had kids. I love our kids. I adore our kids. But I've never had Lori all to myself. And right there at the edge, and I'm excited. (laughs) So, you know, and so she's kind of understanding my perspective as well. So, you know, I had never thought about that. He's always had to share me, share my time, share my attention, share my affection, share me. You know, he's had to share me the entire time. And I had not thought about it that way. And so when he, when he it divulged that, that information, that revelation, I was like, oh my gosh, I, it was, it, it changed. It changed the course of my heart instead of, instead of shielding my heart against him, you know, because you're the reason why I, you know, you're hurrying up this process and I'm not ready to let go or, you know, any of those things galvanizing my heart against him. It really opened up my heart to see he's still choosing me. Yes. He's not, he's not saying I don't love the kids. He's saying I love the kids and I love you. And I, and I'm looking for a time when it's just you and I, when I get to have you to myself, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop talking. Yeah. Some things are harder to get each other to understand than others. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to (laughs) practice. We think so differently. (laughs) Cool. Everybody that I interview, I ask you ahead of time to be thinking of an encouragement and maybe even a scripture that goes with it that you guys would like to share with our listeners. And so you had shared 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Do you want to kind of share your heart behind that? Sure. You want to start with that? Yeah, that is uh, the second part of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21 is uh, Paul encouraging them to hold fast to the things that are good. And he's talking about testing the spirits and stuff. But that was one of those things when we were dating and planning to get married that we really held on to is we're good. (laughs) (laughs) My good. I'm her good. Yeah. And we hold fast to that. And God will honor that. And so we have, we've always practiced that. I, mean, I don't know how many times we've talked about, you know, we champion each other and we're on each other's side and, and reinforcing that all the way through. And that verse kind of just is the condensement of that is we're holding fast to each other because God put us together and what God did is good. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the verse we had on our, um, on our wedding program. Yeah. And so, um, so <clears throat> when you ask that question I, I would talk with Craig and we formulated this, this thought. Thessalonians 5.21, hold fast that which is good. Hold fast. And then in brackets, fiercely protect, nurture, care for your marriage, your spouse, your family. There will be moments that aren't good and don't feel good. But a moment doesn't make your marriage. Determinations such as yes, I do, and I will transforms the trying moments that could have diminished your marriage to the very moments that will bring the most growth and oneness. So good. The other things that that we've talked about recently also is all of the, it's the the tough times in your marriage 
that teach you that you can depend on each other. Yeah. It was yeah. one thing to say I do, right? But I, I had to learn that I could trust him with my heart and trust him with my future and trust him with my daughter. And how do you learn to trust somebody but by going through hard times when you have to trust them? Absolutely. And so I would say that marriage is hard, mm-hmm. but I would choose you again. I mm-hmm. would do it again because from our marriage, we have three amazing children. We have 26 years of seeing God being faithful. Um, we have 26 years of seeing each other rally for each other and bear the load for each other and remain faithful to each other. And 26 years of funny family stories to share whenever the family gets together. And fun, 26 years of not just making it through, but like sometimes we, we army crawled through stuff and sometimes we pulled each other through the muck of the mires. I mean, we just, we run the gamut, but we are, we are an example of God's faithfulness and him championing us as we champion each other. You know, there's a lot of fun times in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you do both. You do both. You do both together. And you let the tough times pull you together and yes. build your trust instead of tear you yeah. down. And then the good times come in between all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because he's not my enemy. Right. He's not my enemy. He has a different opinion, right? A different way of looking at things, a different way of processing He's different, but he's not broken in his differentness, and he's not my enemy. So good. It's so good. So before I let you guys go, um, I didn't even warn you about this, okay? But I want to try like a rapid-fire newlywed question game. Okay. So we're going to see how this goes. So okay. first, Lori, I'm going to ask you what Craig's answer will be. Okay. So you're telling me what Craig's answer will be. And then Craig, you right away have to tell us the truth if she got it right or not. Okay. 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 Do I have a dare if, if, if I don't want to answer? <laughs> truth or dare? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is all truth here. Okay. 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 So some of them will be easy. Some of them might be a little harder. Where was your first kiss? At my front door. Do you agree, Craig? I agree. It was easy. <laughs> And okay. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So answering for Craig still, where would your dream vacation be? Craig's dream vacation would be in Fredericksburg. Close enough. A cabin in the woods somewhere. Cabin in the woods. Oh, they definitely have those in Fredericksburg. Okay. Favorite sport? Mm-hmm. He's not big into sports, but he does love frisbee golf. Yep. Okay. Would he choose summer or winter? Summer. Definitely. Beach or Mountain. Mountain. Mm, maybe beach. Oh, what? Mountain doesn't necessarily have a bunch of forest on it. Okay. It's a rock. Okay. All right. Discussion for Saturday morning coffee. Yes. <laughs> what is his love language? Words of affirmation. Probably. <laughs> Favorite movie? <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, Craig, what's your favorite movie? The Harrison Ford remake of Sabrina. Ah, yes, Sabrina. Yes. Okay, and would he choose to watch a movie or read a book? Read a book. Yeah, given the time. Yep. All right. Okay, now we're switching roles. Craig, you're going to answer for Lori. Are you ready? Okay. Dream vacation? A beach somewhere, either Destin or somewhere out of the country. 
Yes. With white beaches and blue water. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll go ahead and say beach or mountain. Beach. Beach. Yeah. <laughs> answering. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Does Laurie have a favorite sport? Um, I don't know, but we both enjoyed watching football here a lot lately. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Summer or winter? I'll say summer. Summer. Okay. Uh, love language? I'm not sure what the five love languages are, but I'm going to say words of affirmation as well. Yes, and time. And time. Quality time. Okay, very good. Her favorite movie? The Twilight series. Oh, but that no. was fun to watch. <laughs> Anything romantic. Anything romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and would she choose to watch a movie or read a book? Probably watch a movie. Yes. Okay, well, you guys should go watch the remake of Sabrina for your next date after you go to dinner at Blue Mesa. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll get you seafood at Blue yeah. Mesa. <laughs> there yeah. you go. There you go. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show, and I love you dearly, and I just pray blessings over your marriage. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. We love you guys, too. And that's a wrap. I hope that my interview with Craig and Lori has blessed you as much as it blessed me. And stay tuned because next, Erin and I will be recapping our favorite parts from the interview and what stuck with us the most. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.